Dominus Vobiscum. Lexio Sancti Evangelii, secundo Matteum. Jesus told his disciples this parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out at dawn to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with them for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. Going out about nine o'clock, the landowner saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you too, go into my vineyard, and I will give you what is just. So they went off. And, and he went out again around noon and around three o'clock and did likewise. Going out about five o'clock, the landowner found others standing around and said to them, why do you stand here idle all day? They answered, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you too go into my vineyard. When it was evening, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, summon the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and ending with the first. When those who had started about five o'clock came, each received the usual daily wage. So when the first came, they thought that they would receive more, but each of them also got the usual wage, and upon receiving it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last ones worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us who bore the day's burden and the heat. He said to them, he said to one of them in reply, my friend, I am not cheating you. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what is yours and go. What if I wish to give this last one the same as you? Or am I not free to do as I wish with my own money? Are you envious? Because I am generous. Thus the last will be first and the first will be last. Verbum Domini. Take a moment, please. Make sure your cell phone is turned off. As I've mentioned before, if someone arrived now or later in the Holy Mass and stayed even to the final blessing, they would not fulfill their obligation to attend Holy Mass on Sunday. The Gospel is an essential part of the Holy Mass. It cannot be skipped. But after this Mass, there's still another Mass at 8 o'clock. They could attend that one. Turn to page 4. Um, I mentioned that there's another Mass at 8 o'clock. There are eight Masses here on Sunday. Um, and uh, I mention that often. People say, really? Yeah, it's a secret. It's a, the schedule's on page 4. Uh, not, big of, not a big secret, is it, huh? The, um, uh, I always get a kick out of it when somebody says, I got up late, I miss Mass. Oh, really? What, you get up at 8.30 uh, at night? <laughs> the, um, look on page 4 yesterday was the feast of St. Andrew Kim and his fellow martyrs of Korea. Just over a hundred um, martyrs of Korea. Remember, a month ago, uh, August 15th, Pope Francis was in Korea. Um, St. Andrew Kim was the first man from Korea, a native of Korea, who was ordained a priest. And on September 20th, 1846, they, after they tortured him, they cut off his head. They, uh, I'll be coming back to St. Andrew Kim. Um, 
you look on um, says Sunday, today is the feast of St. Matthew, the evangelist. If it weren't uh, a Sunday, we'd be celebrating St. Matthew, the tax collector. Um, page 5, um, you see that um, Tuesday at the top, there's, Tuesday is the feast of Padre Pio, St. Padre Pio. Well, he's a favorite. Um, and that's who's pictured on the cover of the bulletin, Padre Pio. You see down on Friday, the, uh, like St. Matthew, St. Cosmas and Damien are going to be mentioned in the Roman canon. Um, they were two brothers who became doctors, physicians, and they gave their care away for free to serve their fellow men. Um, and you see on Saturday, next Saturday, is a feast of St. Vincent de Paul, someone who also had great, um, great consideration for the poor. Page 7. The Knights of Columbus. Uh, we have many, many men in the parish who are Knights of Columbus. All of you men who are not, if you'd like to consider it, there's the contact information. Uh, you ought to consider it. They do a lot of good. On page 7 there in the middle, look at the things that have already been happening here in the last 14 months with the outdoor nightly rosary procession, Bible study. Yeah, that's pretty good. Um, people say, well... I haven't seen that. Oh, really? Have you come? No. No wonder you haven't seen it. Um, you don't, you don't uh, participate. You're not going to see it. You're not going to know about it. If you'd like to know more about it, you see where it says you can read the church bulletin online? Just go there, scroll all the way down to the last three pages, pages A, B, and C, and you can read about it. Look at the bottom of page 7. Uh, again, I've, I've had uh, some families already have obtained, especially books 2 and 3. Dr. Budzasuski has been teaching uh, uh, college at UT Austin now for 36 years. And um, ask me anything and ask me anything. Number two, the, the chapter is there, maybe five to seven pages. Uh, think of all the hot button topics. And um, what we have, we have dueling feelings. Uh, many times when people get into a discussion about these hot button topics, well, I feel this, or I feel that. How do you like this one? I feel 2 plus 2 equals 5. Maybe it was something you ate. Maybe it's gas, right? Your feelings can be wrong. Mine are wrong a lot, right? The, uh, you know, we tell somebody, oh, you got up on the wrong side of the bed. It's another way of saying, hey, listen, your feelings are out of, out of whack. You need to go back to bed and get out again, right? So um, if, you run into one of the, if you run into a topic and somebody wants to discuss it, say, hey, here, I've copied these five pages. Why don't you read these and we'll discuss it. I'm not going to read five pages. Good. Take your sandals, uh, sh uh, shake the dust from your sandals and move on. Somebody doesn't have time for five pages of uh, reading on a, on a hot topic. Then they just want to wallow in their feelings. Page 10, we'll come back to page 11. The, this novena, this extended novena, um, just started last Saturday on the 13th. There, there they are over there by the baby Jesus. If you'd like to get yours up there, just fill it out and turn it in. In the last page, they, um, I, I'm sorry to announce this, but uh, it doesn't seem to be getting much play on the radio or the TV, but I just heard that because of the um, high crime and the um, incredible expense, the State Fair of Texas is canceled this year. I'm sorry, but they're, they're, they're trying to put a good face on it, and they're directing other people, everybody, to come to the Oktoberfest. So um, we need to get out the word. 
So that, uh, don't, don't waste all that gas in driving to Dallas. Some of the Knights of Columbus will, um, will um, have volunteered. They'll, they'll pretend to steal your car um, at the Oktoberfest, but they'll give it back, unlike at the, the real fair, right? There's no charge for parking, but you can pay the Knights of Columbus to park your cars if you want to. I'm kidding, of course. The um, Knights of Columbus have been doing this for years. Now it's moved uh, to the mid-October, and they've extended the hours, 11 to 7. What can you do? Well, you can come, but also you can invite your friends and neighbors, your coworkers, perfect strangers. Who doesn't like good food, um, good music, and um, um, it, it'd be a, a nice, it'd be a welcome change, right? So please do what you can. The money they raise from the Oktoberfest is the engine for the charities that they distribute throughout the rest of the year. Now, last year, the Knights of Columbus, they had such they had a, the biggest response ever. Let's really run their legs off this year. Oh, let's have them talking about this for months after. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, I'm so tired. Oh, oh that. Oh, oh, sure. let's, let's really run their legs off with this Oktoberfest. Um, and at the same time, um, have, um, have a good time, okay? Um, and now uh, page, uh, no, we'll just start with the front page. The homily, oh, I forgot. Uh, when I was a kid, NASA used to do this all the time. Five, four, three, two, one. They don't do that anymore at NASA. They, um, unless they're going to sing somebody happy birthday, right? They, um, but they used to send rockets into space. Well, um, uh, this week, my mother is moving in here. I've been telling you since last November. Uh, a couple of weeks. Be a couple of weeks. <laughs> it's been almost a whole year, right? So it's this week. Um, that's why you see on page five, um, on Thursday, I'm not going to the abortion clinic, to the White Rose. I'm not going to uh, Mother Teresa Sisters. I'll be moving my mom this week, moving her in here. So that's good. Uh, and again, thank you. So many of you uh, over the, the, the these months, these intervening months, have been giving extra. Uh, we've, we've been able to get everything done. Now we're going to have to spend, there's still some, a few things left to, to do, but especially dust, dust, and dust. You know, contractors make a lot of dust. Um, well, I'm, I'm very pleased with the work that they've done, um, but there's going to be a lot of dusting. Okay, now for the homily. The last line of the gospel, Jesus said, the last will be first and the first will be last in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit. Uh, I like this picture of Padre Pio. It's not the, the best picture. It's not the clearest picture. But I like it because in the old mass, now he died in 1968, so they were still using the old mass. And the priest and the people would face the same direction. But occasionally during the mass, the, the priest would turn to the people and he would, he would open his hands in this position and he would say, Oremus, let us pray. And you see him in that position right here. Now, look at St. Pio. Uh, September 20th, that was yesterday, September 20th, 1918, St. Pio received the stigmata, the marks of the nails in his hands, his feet, and the spear wound that Jesus had in his side, he got those wounds, and he bled from those wounds for 50, 5 for 50 years. On September 20th, 1968, I was in grade school. 
Um, on September 20th, 1968, the wounds closed. The flow of blood ceased and the wounds closed. Three days later, he died. That's his feast day, is uh, September 23rd. Um, the St. Paul, the apostle, it's been, uh, it's been said that from his writings, it appears that he had the stigmata. St. Francis in the 1200s, the founder of the Franciscans, had the stigmata. You know why it took 1,200 years for somebody else to get the stigmata? St. Francis was the only other individual who begged God to give him uh, the wounds of Christ. Um, and St. Pio in 1918 to 1968. He was studied by doctors. He was studied by scientists, Catholic, non-Catholic, atheists. He was studied by the, the Vatican. Um, when the archbishop came to speak to him, made him put his hand on the Bible and swear to tell the truth. Um, why, how do you have these, how do you have these uh, marks? How do you have these stigmata? Padre Pio said, I don't know. I'm a mystery to myself. You ought to read that book, Padre Pio, Under Investigation. It's only been out about four years now, four or five years now, Ignatius Press. Padre Pio, Under Investigation. It's a great book. But um, the reason why I like this picture is look how he resembles the figure behind him. Yeah, Jesus is like this on the cross. And here, St. Pio is offering the holy sacrifice of the Mass, the representation of the perfect sacrifice of Christ on Calvary, offered in an unbloody manner. Um, St. Pio, as a priest, that means he has the sacrament of holy orders. He doesn't have the sacrament of orders. People would think that... Uh, he would just order people around, hey, uh, move that, hey, get out of here, hey, uh, do this, do that. No, it's holy orders. Um, and in holy orders, St. Pio is married to the spouse of Christ, the church. So um, here he is suffering as Christ suffered. Pope uh, St. John Paul II, as a young priest, went to where St. Pio lived in the south of Italy, where he went to confession to the saint, and he attended Mass, and George Weigel's book, Witness to Hope, um, shows where John Paul II said that he saw St. Pio visibly suffer. Yeah, the stigmata went on for, they bled for 50 years. Um, and when did that start first? It started on September 20th, 1918. September 20th, yesterday, was the feast of St. Andrew Kim and the martyrs of Korea. Now, when most Catholics hear this news, that it was the, yesterday was the feast of St. Andrew Kim and the martyrs of Korea, they say something like this, oh, really, I didn't know that, comma, what's for lunch? What's for dinner? You notice how it really doesn't you know, capture their imagination at all? Well, it's interesting. Because today is the feast of a tax collector. He's a, he's a recovering tax collector. <laughs> There's that famous painting by Caravaggio, The Call of St. Matthew, where Jesus is standing in the doorway of the tax collector's uh, office. Looks like a bunch of, um, um, a bunch of tax collectors in there. It's very dark. And... Uh, Jesus is standing in the doorway, and he points 
to St. Matthew. And like the light coming in the window here, the light enters into the darkness of that tax collector's um, uh, office and penetrates the heart of St. Matthew. So he gets up and he follows Christ. Gets up and follows Christ. So um, yesterday's feast of St. Andrew Kim, it also has to do with tax collecting. You see, um, over a a century before St. Andrew Kim was ordained a priest, the first Korean man to be ordained a priest ever, um, the uh, China, the the country of China, was uh, threatening Korea. Imagine that, China threatening someone. It's isn't hard to imagine. But that's back before they were a communist country, but they've always been a bully. Um, been a very cultured bully, but a bully is a bully is a bully. I don't know how I can remember that. But anyway, the, um, so China told Korea, we're going to conquer you. But instead of conquering you, if you'll pay us, uh, if you'll pay us taxes, um, uh, we won't conquer you. You can just send us the money. So every year, the government of Korea would load up a boat with gold and send some trusted men over to China and show them the money, right? Give it to them. They always made, the, 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 uh, the bureaucrats in Korea always made sure they sent a different crew of men every year because they didn't want any of the men from Korea getting to know the men in China and making some kind of a deal or... Anyway, you get the idea. But one year, they sent a bunch over there. They sent the taxes over there, and the boat came back, uh, empty, of course. And uh, the next year, they sent a man again to China with the tax money. I guess some guy called in sick. They needed a substitute. So they sent this guy back, and while he was there, he did something the second year that he had done the first year. He talked to a Jesuit priest. Now, You see this Jesuit priest right behind me, that's St. Francis Xavier. He's holding a crucifix and he's pointing to heaven. Uh, Probably alone, he baptized a million, a million people. That's amazing. He died, he wanted to go to China and preach in China. He died, washed up on the shores of China, um, and his body, uh, centuries later, is incorrupt. He died in the 1500s. It's pretty good. Your body doesn't decompose for centuries like that, huh? Well, anyway, um, uh, this man, um, the first year he went to China, he spoke to a Jesuit in secret. The Jesuit gave him instructions. The second year he returned, he baptized him. He baptized this man secretly and sent him back to Korea with some information. When the man got back to Korea... This man began spreading the word, um, teaching others in secret and baptizing them. Decades, many decades went by before the uh, Foreign Mission Society, based in Paris. The Foreign Mission Society began to send missionaries into Korea. Now, they had to go into Korea secretly. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, guys, just blend in. There you go. Right. They're Europeans, and they're in Korea. Are they going to blend in? And the minute they say something, you know, fa, 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 they're going to know that they're from France, right? You're not from here, are you? That's how they would say it in Korean. 
uh, the southern part of Korea, the uh, the best part. Anyway, uh, when the uh, foreign missionaries made their way secretly into Korea, they found hundreds of thousands of Christians in Korea. How did this happen? They had no priests. Lay people. Lay people taught. Lay people baptized. They couldn't receive confirmation and all the other sacraments, but you get the idea. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think today in the United States in 2014, uh, well, first of all, I'm sorry, what are lay people? Lay people are men and women who are not priests or bishops or deacons. Nuns or brothers, okay? So all of you are lay people. I'm not sure, but I, I think it's a good guess that most lay people in the United States can read and write. I'm, I'm not sure, but it's a good guess, right? Yeah, now look at page 10. The uh, What in the world? Of course we can read and write. The uh, Yeah, I know, I know. So uh, last week in Washington, D.C., Monsignor Charles Pope, had one, two, three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, where he posted things on his website. The Archdiocese of Washington, D.C., that's A-D-W, Archdiocese of Washington, they have a website, and they allow Monsignor Charles Pope to have a blog on their website. Um, the, uh, and he's, he's had it there for years now. So uh, isn't that a great name? For a priest? Well, who do you think you are? The Pope? Well, yeah, I am. Um, kind of like next door in Tyler, there is Monsignor Jerry Priest. <laughs> He's a priest. <laughs> the, uh, anyway, Father Charles Pope uh, writes in a, in a way that instead of, for those people who don't want to read pages and pages or chapters and chapters, he, he boils it down to, say, 15 or 20 paragraphs. 15 or 20 paragraphs. And so here is, um, you can see there, well, let's start at the very top. You see where it says, but but nobody ever told me about, well, just fill in the blank. You, you probably had that experience before. Somebody leaves you in the dark. The next line, since 1965, we've all been made aware that preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ is the duty of all those who have been baptized. Period. End of story. Yeah. Vatican II said this. Vatican II said that. We've heard that since 1965. We've heard that if you're baptized, you're a disciple. You are a worker in the vineyard of the Lord. Um, but look down there, middle of the page. There's the there's where you, the address of the blog, and there in the small type, you can see just a couple of a couple of sentences from one of his blogs from Wednesday. I'll just read those two lines. There's a long list of things that people never hear in sermons anymore. Mortal sin, judgment, hell, purgatory, fornication. What's fornication? Fornication is sexual activity uh, between a man and a woman before they're married. Yeah. Um, so he says there's a, a long list of things that people never hear in sermons anymore. Mortal sin, judgment, hell, purgatory, fornication, you name it. But there's another omission that is rather odd given the tenor of these times. Heaven. Yeah, you never hear heaven, he says, talked about in, in church. You do hear. Talk about Fatima all the time. Fatima is all about heaven, right? Well, anyway, almost no one talks of heaven, and I seldom hear any expressed desire to go to heaven. 
The most of our the 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 way most of our prayers sound, we are content to have God make this world a better place. People will ask God to fix their health, fix their finances, and so forth, but quite absent from most prayers is any mention of heaven or a desire to go there and be with God. Now, that's an interesting it's an interesting blog because on Tuesday and Monday he talked about a couple of topics that um, um, are very misunderstood or not understood at all today. On Monday, he talked about um, um, uh, cohabiting, uh, people who um, decide not to get married, just live together. Um, and he talks about it in a way, in fact, there's, there's some videos at the bottom of page 10. A few short videos are included in the post. There's one video, maybe three minutes long. Um, now, there are three people in this one video, um, one man and a man and a woman. The man and the woman are, are lying down in bed. Now I have everyone's attention. The, uh, the man and woman are lying down in bed, and the, uh, the man is another man is standing at the foot of the bed, and they're taking vows. They're taking vows to live together. I will, I will use you and be pleased by you until I find somebody better. Amen. Kind of like that. It's, it's really kind of cute. And they're all three lay people. It's like, well, that's so insulting. No, it's not. Um, you take vows in holy matrimony. That's the, that's the word that's absent today. When you hear people talking about marriage of any kind, what's the one word they leave out? Holy. Holy matrimony. Holy marriage. Like holy orders. Okay? So um, uh, on Monday, uh, last Monday, he, he used 15 or 20 paragraphs to talk about holy matrimony. Gave references from the Old and New Testament, references from the Catechism. He did it all in about 15 paragraphs, and he gave you some video clips, too, to keep, keep it interesting. The next day, he did the same thing about marriage between, say, two men or two women. Uh, friends, friends, no one's talking about this. Um, and if, if it is mentioned, it's mentioned, how, how, how can you be so bigoted about this or that? No, uh, Jesus teaches for his church that, that sexual activity is not bad and it's not good. It's so good that it's holy and it has a place, holy matrimony. Uh, again, it's not something I cooked up, um, but I agree with what Jesus teaches through his church. But, but there's, a, there's a great need in the world today for this to be preached. So my idea is that we get all those people in Korea over here to start preaching about, no, no, that's not it at all. Um, you're baptized. You're a disciple. Well, if I bring this up, they're going to get mad at me. Um, the, the man in the gospel today, the owner of the vineyard, he goes out before 6 a.m., Back then, people would work for 12 hours, and they would get paid for a day's wage. Parents, most parents here would love a 12-hour workday. That would mean you got 12 hours where you were off. How many mothers and fathers have told me the same stories in different languages? Um, uh, mom goes into the bathroom just for a break. Mom, can I have a cookie? <laughs> I can't even get away. I can't. can't. Um, and friends, uh, you who are parents, it will be just like St. Pio on a cross 
You will be on that cross until the day you die. You will be drawing your last breath, and your kids will be around you. And some of Mom, can I have the china? Uh, Dad, can I have your old car? Uh, Dad, M- Mom, make him stop, right? And this is, this is a reality uh, that parents recognize up until the last minute. Marriage is not for sissies. Ma- marriage, you are nailed to a cross. You will bleed every day. For your marriage, um, you will you will you will not be able to do it on your own. You cannot do it without God's grace. And where are people today hearing about this? Remember the old line from the Abbott and Costello movies: "Nobody here but us chickens." Right? We're not talking about it. No, we're not talking about it. Oh, if only somebody could just kind of set it up, where all I could do is just kind of copy, click, and send. And start a conversation. We're afraid of everybody. We're afraid of our own shadows. Me too. Now listen, the the uh, uh, the guy the guys who went out and worked a twelve hour day they got paid uh, a full day's wage, and the guy who got a late start he got paid the same thing. There are some people who've never shared their faith with anyone ever, and now you're starting late. Good. Come on in. The water's fine. Um, the um, no one can claim that because they got a late start, that's the reason why they don't share their faith. Where are young people going to hear about this? Uh, you know, in it's not uncommon in high schools for teachers or administrators to tell the, 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 the teens, you know, you don't have to share this with your parents. Um, I know this, does, this doesn't take place in every high school, but it's not uncommon. Well, you know, you uh, really don't have to mention this to your mom or dad. Um, so where are they going to get the news? In college? Sure. I mean, how many? How much have you read about uh, people who teach in college? They, they do something like that, uh, even in the classrooms. When you read Ask Me Anything and Ask Me Anything number two, it's not uncommon to find atheists um, in college, students or teachers. It's not, it's not hard at all. So who's going, to, who's going to spread this word? Who's going to, to carry the faith? St. Saint, Saint Matthew was a tax collector. You know how we love tax collectors, right? And Christ said, I want you. Follow me. And he got up and left. He left all of that behind to follow the light. And who's going to spread light? We are living in this world today, not just United States, but around the world. It is a pagan world in which we're living. And just as Korea was a pagan nation, when that guy came back from China, what can one man do? I'm just one man. That's what he was saying. The guy who went twice to take the taxes to China. Look what he did. Hundreds, hundreds, and thousands of men and women and children were baptized because of his efforts. The way St. Francis Xavier baptized over a million. What can one man do? Um, it, it's not too late, but we have to. We have to recognize if we don't do it, maybe nobody will. Um, God expects us. I mean, can you imagine? He went out at 6 a.m., again at 9 a.m., again at noon, again at 3. Um, the guy at 5 o'clock, when he's asked, what are you doing here? Uh, he says to the owner, the dog ate my homework. 
What a ridiculous answer. Well, no one's hired us. Well, I've only been here. I got here at 6 a.m. I got here at 9 a.m. What are you, wearing your camouflage? I, I didn't see you, right? You didn't hear me? Um, no, friends, when you preach, um, preach with patience. Uh, preach with patience and generosity like the landowner. Don't preach like Father Paul. You know, right? Be generous. Be patient. But preach. You, you can read. You can write. You can read, Monsignor Pope. You can click and send. You can get a conversation started. And then you can always retreat to that, uh, what that, that's re- that response from back east. It re- there really doesn't say really, doesn't really say anything. When they, su- when they, when they say something really, you know, to the point, they say, look, I'm just saying. <laughs> so you can do the same thing. Hey, I'm just saying. They, uh, but you need to start. Um, you need to work in the vineyard of the Lord. Um, now, the world is hungering. The world, the pagan world is hungering for this good news, for the light of Christ to pierce the darkness of this world. Jesus said, the last will be first, and the first will be last. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.